You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. My name is Marshall Fritz. I'm with the Advocates for Self-Government, a tax-exempt educational organization headquartered in Fresno, California. The purpose of the Advocates is to present the freedom philosophy honestly and persuasively so that opinion leaders can encounter these ideas, evaluate them, and when appropriate, embrace the ideals of self-government. To achieve this purpose, we teach communication and presentation skills to those people who are most deeply committed to the freedom philosophy, the libertarians. The presentation you are about to hear is part of the Communicator Workshop presented to 51 Libertarians at the Advocates' third annual summit conference held in Los Angeles, November 13, 14, and 15, 1987. This workshop was designed and presented by David Brigland, Philip Mitchell, and Marshall Fritz. It is copyrighted. Should you wish to make copies as personal gifts for your friends, you hereby have the permission of the authors. For commercial use, please write to us at 5533 East Swift, Fresno, California, 93727. And now, let's go to the live recording at the beautiful Pacifica Hotel. Unfortunately, the recording of the Ransberger Pivot made at Summit 87 in Los Angeles is not suitable for distribution. And therefore, we are replacing it with the same presentation that made at the Libertarian Party uh, National Convention in Seattle just a couple of months before the same presentation was made in Los Angeles. We think you'll enjoy this presentation a great deal. On the back of this tape is the last presentation at Summit 87. In order to compact the entire presentation into 16 cassette tapes, we've needed to put the last presentation, which was a half an hour approximately, of uh, participants saying what they enjoyed and what they got out of the communicator workshop, plus the closing remarks of uh, Philip Mitchell, David Brickland, and, and me. So this tape contains both the Ransberger pivot and the closing remarks of Summit 87. We hope you've enjoyed these presentations. Are you ready? Okay. Just a second. I need a. Uh, it's probably too late now. You're already rolling. Pan the audience, would you please? Better they get a sunlight. Thank you. <laughs> All righty. And the other side too, of course. We want to uh, let people know. There you go. Good fun we had here in Seattle. Here we go. My name is Marshall Fritz. I'm with the Advocates for Self-Government in Fresno, California. And here we are at the Libertarian Party Convention in Seattle. It's September the 2nd, a beautiful, sunny afternoon, 3 o'clock, and we're off on the third segment of the Communicator Workshop, the Ransberger Pivot. The Ransberger Pivot. What we're working with right now is how to handle the hostile questioner and to help a hostile questioner convert that hostility into open-mindedness. Because we all know that no matter how good our answer is, no matter how logical, no matter how much data, if the other person doesn't have an open mind, if they're hostile and just bristling like that, and nothing's getting through anyway. Now this all came to pass one time, or this de was developed in 1982 
when Ray Ransberger and I were palling around a great deal, both of us were running for office. Ray was running for Congress in the 17th District of California, and I was running in the 18th District. So we used to go out sometimes when we did debates with the other candidates, or TV or talk show kinds of things. We'd go out together and one would sit in the back of the room and take notes, and the other one later we would uh, critique the, uh, you know, the one who critiqued the other. And we did a whole lot of this, and both of us were just, by grabbing on our mutual bootstraps, pulling ourselves up and becoming much better at communicating. And one time, Ray gave me some feedback on one of my answers to a question. I can share that with you now. I was asked the question, you wouldn't abolish the FDA, would you? And my answer was, yup. Yep. And Ray, Ray's the master of the criticism sandwich. He knows that you want to give a person a slice of praise, a slice of blame, and a slice of praise, because if you forget the two slices of of, uh, of uh, praise, you, you know, you present something that's unappealing. So just that slice of blame. So Ray got right in there and he says, hey, Marshall, that was a really good answer in many respects, at least three. He said, one, uh, it was precise, right? And he said, two, it was concise, right? And, 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 and that's remarkable. And, but even more so, uh, it was very a frank and candid answer. Unfortunately, it was inaccurate. So what do you mean, inaccurate? I said, did you accurately convey the kind of society that you want to live in to your listener? Or did something else go through your listener's mind than you expected? What really went through their mind was botulism, solidified. If this Fritz gets somewhere and abolishes the FDA, every time I open a can of Wheaties and Beans, I gotta wonder, is it safe to eat? You know, clearly we don't want this fellow, Fritz, getting anywhere. But that was really what people thought about. Botulism. But it wasn't what I was communicating. And the Ransberger pivot has been developed to help us more accurately communicate what it is the kind of society that we want to live in. Let me give you now an answer with the Ransberger pivot at the front. Hey, wait just a second. I want to live in a society where people are safe from badly processed food and from drugs that haven't been tested properly. Now that is the pivot. That was the pivot. I like the rest of the answer, so I'm going to go on and give it to you. But the pivot is over. What I've said is, is I want to live in a world that's safe. Isn't that what the other person wants to? So he's nodding. Yeah, okay, good. The rest of the answer is kind of fun, though. Where is my... Can I reach my cable? I can't reach that cable. So what do you want? I want that power cord in my hand. Right. And I'm strapped to this thing. Uh, you, you, you have some idea, since you've seen this presentation before. <laughs> well, we'll see. <laughs> Wouldn't that be fun? That? I'm good. I just, I just like to be holding on to some 110 volts when I do this. Wait just a second. I want to live in a world where people are safe from food canners who wouldn't use adequate uh, protections and uh, drug uh, manufacturers who wouldn't use adequate testing. I want to feel safe the way I feel safe around electric wires. You ever notice how safe Americans feel around electric wires? And even though there are people out there who would, who would use inadequate, 
insulation in the wiring who would, you would shave it too close. We feel safe from those people because of a little company called Underwriters Laboratories. They got together, the insurance companies, the underwriters got together 56, 70 years ago and said, hey, wait a minute, too many homes are burning down from these bad wires. Why don't we create a laboratory where we could inspect it and we'll put a little red disc and we'll have advertising and says, you know, buy only if it says Underwriters Laboratories and you would have a safe home. Right? And we have, look at the safety we have in electrical wiring. That's what, I don't want to abolish the FDA. I want to replace a monopolistic concept that we're using now with, with maybe five or 10 or 15 different competing organizations, all competing to protect me. And the ones that do a good job, they stay in business. And the ones that don't do a good job, well, uh, I don't want them to stay in business. How's that answer? Is that okay? Thank you. Now, we're not working on answers to the FDA question or any specific answer right now. What we're working on is the pivot itself. And what is the nature of the pivot? I share your values. What Ray figured out was that when a person is asking you a hostile question, what he's really saying is, is I don't think you want the same things I do. You're an awful person. <laughs> That's what they're saying. You wouldn't abolish public schools, would you? You know, what's going through their mind? These big tractors coming out and tearing down the schools, right? And all the kids running around underfoot, being worse educated than they are now, right? That's, the, you know, the mental image. So what we need to do is to say to the person, I share your values. And there's three moves in the Ransberger pivot. Keep breathing. <laughs> well, this is kind of a helpful thing to know. How many of you have ever been accused of interrupting? May I see a show of hands? Anybody here in this honest has ever been there have been a few. How many of you have been accused of interrupting a lot? <laughs> well, pretty much everybody else. How many of us sometimes interrupt because we can phrase the question the other person is asking better than they can, so and we're very helpful people. Or impatient. <laughs> so we interrupt them and ask, here's the way you really want to answer the question. And here's the answer, right? All right? People don't seem to like that. Yeah. <laughs> You've read that too. Okay. That's true. Yeah. Truism number something right. So and of course you've been you've heard the, the instructions to count to ten so that you don't uh, you know but that's not real helpful. Are you paying attention to them now? No, you're working hard on counting to ten. They notice your eyes glaze over. So that really Rosen, an actress, a libertarian in New York, gave me a suggestion that I'm going to pass on to you right now, and that is to keep breathing. Because what happens is, when you stifle that desire to interrupt them, what you do naturally is hold your breath. And you're waiting for that millisecond, right? That fraction of a second when there's a pause between two words where you can pretend that they were finished, and you're ready. A pause between two syllables. This man knows of what he speaks. So the way to make sure that you hear the other person's question is just to keep breathing. And if you keep breathing, you will let them finish their question. And you'll be able to concentrate on what they're saying. The sec second thing to do is to make a sophisticated 
wild guess. Anatomical guess, a sophisticated wild guess as to what they really want. Do people want public schools, do you think? Is this important to them? Tell me something that they really want. For children, they want children to be educated, right? They want everybody to be educated. But it's not the schools that they want. We're getting a little ahead of ourselves in a funny kind of a sense, because tomorrow we'll talk about how Dale Carnegie would present libertarianism. We'll talk about how to structure it, how to structure our presentations, or how to discuss benefits rather than features. But really what you're looking for is the kind of, what is it the person really wants? You quickly make the decision, is that what you want too? 99 out of 100 times it is. If the other person's goal is world domination, you know, your best bet is just to leave. You know, when you go fishing, what do you need? I think more than anything else, when you go fishing, you need water. You don't even need fish. You can go fishing for a week and have fun and never see a fish. But you can't go fishing without water. It just doesn't work. And we never get mad at the dirt. You know, when you're driving to go fishing, do you ever get mad at the dirt because it's not water? No, you just get past it so you can get to the water. You don't need to get mad at anybody who wants world domination. Oh, fine. Well, <laughs> let me talk to you then. <laughs> Why try to change someone's goals? It's hard just to change a little bit of information, much less goals. So you make this quick computation. What is, this is, do I want the same person that think, same thing this person wants? And you usually answer, always the answer is yes. And here's the hard part, and it literally is hard. Every time I catch myself using the Ransberger pivot, I'm so pleased, because it doesn't come automatically as often as it should. You know, Fritz follows own advice, it worked. <laughs> it's lovely. <laughs> I just have a glow after a talk show if I use it once or twice, and it works. So, you state first person singular. Can someone give me a first person singular word? Good group. <laughs> My compliments to your fifth grade English teacher. <laughs> or remedial English that you took in college, wherever. But you say it first person singular that you desire it to, and you avoid some of the common errors. I share your concerns. Yeah, everybody wants. See, this isn't going to diffuse the person's hostility with everyone wants. Oh, yeah, we libertarians believe. I want to live in a society where every kid gets a chance for a quality education, a lot better chance than he gets today. Oh, okay. That's the pivot. Something to, uh, a warning here, a caveat. The Ransberger pivot is not an answer to the question. It is a for-answer. It's um, no, I got three microphones on, and you got to say a word like that. Okay, <laughs> this is a PG-13 now presentation. But the Ransberger pivot is not the whole thing. The Ransberger pivot gets you going on the right foot so you're not cattywampus with the other person. It's just a mind opener. And we're going to do some practice sessions here in a few minutes and let you get up and give some Ransberger pivots. So, but, and we're going to work together in, in a practice session and give some, each other some Ransberger pivots. But what I want you to know then is what we're practicing is the pivot. You still need to go ahead and have a good answer. Now, a regular politician doesn't. He just gives the pivot and then goes on. Give me a question. I want to fix the national debt. Next question, please. <laughs> That's a regular politician, right? He doesn't have to give the whole answer. All he does is the pivot and he goes on. Oh, good. We got similar goals. Great. 
As a libertarian, I think you're called upon to do a little bit better job than a standard politician. Now, I'm going to put myself on the spot here, and we're going to try three or four or five questions. I'm just going to do the pivot. I'm not going to answer them. Just do the pivot. But I'm going to try to do some pivots, and then we're going to uh, uh, do a practice exercise here. So go ahead. Give me a question, please. <clears throat> yeah. Pardon? I want to live in a world where the poor have a better chance than they have today. You're against uh, children. I want kids to be safe when they're driving. <laughs> that didn't quite come out as well as it could. I want kids to be safe when they're being driven by their parents or other people. I know that. I, I, I like parks. I'd like there to be more parks than there are today in society. Hey, look, look at, oh, okay. She just, oh, okay. I mean, we're just kind of play-acting, but still, it was a natural, real, oh, okay. She said I wanted to abolish parks. I said, I want to live in a society that has more parks. Oh, okay. Especially mobile home parks. <laughs> All right, let's go through now one. Give me one, and we're going to practice it here. So, somebody give one out. Alert. What? Alert. There's a question. <laughs> I'm trying to practice breathing, and he gives a one-word question. Okay. Let's make an assumption. Let's try to guess. What is? What? What do we know about? What is it? What kind? What, what does he want? Pardon? He wants to protect the environment? Of Los Angeles fog. You don't care about that. Okay. Protect his health. Pardon? He wants to enlarge the ECA. He wants to enlarge the ECA. Mm. He wants clean air. He wants clean air. Okay. Let me, let me, I'm going to play with your uh, suggestion, sir, from over there. Do you want to enlarge the ECA or do you want clear air, clean air? I don't know what the ECA is. ECA. Okay. EPA. And that's really what was happening in this question. Do I want those things, or you know, do I look like a kind of person who wants dirty air? <laughs> I don't find anything particularly sinful about clean air, or more parks, or dangerous, or fattening, or some of the other things I try to avoid. Mixed success. But yeah, I would go along with all of those kind of things. I'm just slowing down the whole process here so we can see it now in slow motion. Okay. Let's get a couple of volunteers up in front here. A couple of orange cards. Where's our orange card? Come on. Who's an orange card? Let me see a show of hands. All right, there's an orange card. Come on up here, David. Another orange card. Oh, good. Come on. One more. Need one more. Need another orange card. Come on, orange card. All right, all right we'll take a green or a brown or a blue this time. We'll take another volunteer. Did we get a third volunteer? All right, we got four. Good. Come on. Come on, both of you. This is our new crew. Well, I didn't want David to feel like he was the only guy that could do that. All volunteers, please come to the center right here. All right. Very good. That way I don't have to walk over to them. And we'll come from this direction. All right. Y'all are going to ask the questions, and they are going to do a walkthrough of the Ransberger pivot. They're not going to actually give the pivot. They're just going to walk through it and discuss it. So we're standing outside, and we're not 
doing it, we're talking about it, okay? So hold the microphone, okay? Both hands. And somebody fire a nasty question at him. You guys don't want any Okay, now. <laughs> Look out over there. What do you think he wants? Don't answer him. Just tell me, what do you think he wants? I think he wants more research or more control over da dangerous il um, il um, il illnesses. Okay. All right. I think that's a pretty good idea. He might want to be safe personally from AIDS. Right. All right. Okay. Good. Uh, what about you? Do you, uh, do you want to be, uh, do you think that's bad and should have more uh, AIDS problems or not? <laughs> we don't need more AIDS problems. I think that we, we need to do some more work on those sorts of problems. Okay, good. Now, state your desire. He wants to live safer, protected from AIDS, or people to be safer. We're not sure if it's him or others that he's concerned about, right? Right. But you'd like yourself or others to be safe from AIDS too. Right. Okay. So now say it, first person, singular, uh, start, you know, just start with, I want. I want to also live in a world which does not have life. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's it. <laughs> okay, you can sit down, contestant number one. <laughs> Patricia from Florida. Uh, who's uh, Somebody over here looks like he had a real glint in his eye. <laughs> How the hell we're going to keep those godless communists in Nicaragua with their Soviet hardware from coming across the Rio Grande? Okay, now let's. <laughs> Clearly, this man's a missionary. <laughs> what does he desire? Uh, well, he <laughs> he wants to aggravate me. <laughs> okay, now do you, do you desire this too? <laughs> Safety of the, protecting the borders. And does he want to protect the borders or do you think he wants to protect himself and his family and his community and that sort of thing? Yeah. Hmm? He wants to protect himself. Himself and everything. Okay. Now, would you prefer to be uh, slaughtered by the communists or would you prefer to be safe? Oh, yeah, just personal preference. I <laughs> Can I come back tomorrow with an answer? I don't want to be slaughtered by the communists either. Good. I like that. Oh, well, I don't want to slaughter by the counter. Okay, who's going to pick on Robert Pigeon? Nope. <laughs> you libertarians don't want to have any building codes and zoning, and, and people are going to build all kinds of, of multi-user housing, and there already isn't enough parking places, and why last night I couldn't find a parking place, and it's all your fault. <laughs> that was certainly clear. <laughs> <laughs> what does he want? He wants to be safe from buildings that might fall down on him or other people that he knows. Okay, good. All right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and the parking, uh, he's concerned about the scarcity of parking, which aggravates him. Good. And he wants more parking, and he wants to avoid there being less parking. Good. What about you? What, do you, do you uh, agree with that at all? Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I uh, I would welcome more parking. Uh, I would not. I would not like to see it be more difficult to park than it already is. Sometimes I spend a long time parking myself. I think you're over pivoting now. <laughs> he did his pivot. Let's give him his hand. <laughs> Thanks, Robert. Go ahead. 
Robert Ulysses, Arizona. Okay, here we go. Sir, from the uh, Cable News Network. <laughs> Well, let's take this one real slow, okay? <laughs> Looks like dirt. What does he want? He's wanting a sense of security. Okay. He wants security? Safety? He doesn't, he wants, he doesn't feel safe. He wants, he wants something that's sure, that's secure, that he can count on. Okay, and you would prefer more danger or chaos probably in life. Actually, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your honesty! <laughs> All right. It's a lot harder than it looks, and you're going to find it. What, what I need you to do now is to stand up and pair off and just go find another person. Oh, please just stand up and find another person. Find a human being in this room. Maybe someone you know or don't know. Yes? We're going to have an exercise here. Um, it's, the one, yeah, it's the one that I use all the time. I want to ask, are there any other leading phrases? And it seems to me it's a very easy way to say, I want to live in a society where is a good opening line. It just gets you going. And it's not like they're hearing this same line over and over and over again 50 times and getting used to it. Uh, you know, so it's not hackneyed or anything. At least not yet. <laughs> well, maybe it would be nice if it got to be there. So anyone who would like to start getting this into their system so that it became usable, please stand up and find someone else. Go, go find a partner. Find a partner right now. Shake hands, and then I'll give you the instructions. Not to hold hands, just shake hands. Good. You got yourself a partner. Okay, you're going to do two things. It's going to be like gong show, okay? I don't know if you have gongs handy, but you do have hands handy. And one of you fires a question at the other one, and then the person does a pivot in... Preferably about 15 to 20 words. Don't hear any oral essays, okay? 10, 15, 20 words. When the other person does a correct pivot, please applaud. So there'll be a little pause here, pause there, pause everywhere. If they didn't, then tell them why, and then they feed you a question, okay? I'm going to take off the microphone. Philip will be watching around and will be listening to you. But let's hear that applause, and I should be hearing applause from each group about every 15 to 30 seconds. So, starting now. The next few minutes, you may wish to practice Ransberger pivots in your mind as you're listening to the tape, but think about questions that people can fire at you, and then go through the process in your own mind, and do it out loud if you'd like. Let's have a couple of reactions. Philip Mitchell is going to play Phil Donahue and run around with the wireless microphone. Uh, who did one right? Sure, him. <laughs> Come on, who wants to tell us? Okay, would you please tell us about one? Can you give us the example that you did? Yeah, this is a change of pace. When they listen to it on the tape, they'll be able to hear, and the local audience won't. How's that for it? I mean, any of you ever listened to tapes and gotten angry that you couldn't hear the questions? <laughs> yeah, he was 
Here, walk over to here and you can get them both. He was concerned our, about our abolishing the public schools, and I just said, I'd like to live in a society that has good schooling for our kids. Good, thank you. Good, good. Anybody else have a reaction or a comment they'd like to make? Anybody have any problems that they thought were difficult or something that uh, they'd like to share? Yes, right over here. Yeah, we got stuck. We got stuck, okay. Yeah, and I think it's the same problem that Lloyd had over here in that when the question came up, what about prostitution and drugs, he said he didn't think that the person was really concerned about living in a safe world, but the, but the source of the, of the concern was, I want to run your life for you, I want to stomp on you, and he didn't have a good pivot for that. I mean, that's a person who's into partial world domination. So uh, maybe we can't convert them or get them to become libertarians just yet. I, I don't agree with a person who's a stompist. I happen to be, you know, I got a, I was talking to a talk show guy, and he says, I can't be a libertarian, I'm a moralist. And I said, hey, I'm a moralist, I'm just not a stompist. And he said, what's a stompist? And I said, a stompist is a person who stomps on other people that don't agree with his morality. So uh, maybe stompists can't become libertarians until they get over their stompism. Yes, Ken Benson. Yep. Yeah, I'm, I'm concerned that so many people make so many poor choices for themselves, and I'd like to live in a society where, where people make fewer bad poor choices. Yeah, front row. Well, couldn't one of the most possible pivots to this be uh, that you also are concerned that people live up to their contractual commitments? Yeah, um, yeah, Philip? Uh, yeah, don't take yourself as the kind of person that would ask that question. You're giving a philosophical answer to a person who's probably not philosophical. Yeah, they want to kick butt. <laughs> and you want someone to live up to their uh, contractual obligations, and, you know, <laughs> you guys are missing somehow. Yo! I need water. Okay. Yeah, you know, I'm driving over soil. I need to get the water if I'm going to fish. You've got a point. And you pivot on the point that I want people to leave fulfilling lives too. The question is, can they do it best by deciding for themselves or by the The problem is, is the person who gets fulfilled only by telling other people, not by telling other people, by forcing other people to live it his way. And how does that person get fulfillment in a libertarian society? I don't know. Become Mother Superior somewhere or something. Okay, let's not, uh, I want to, let's stay back on the point. Occasionally, or from experience, you will get a question that in a sense is not answerable. But most of the time, this will be one of the most powerful tools that you can use. So let's focus in on the time. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work, big deal. Most of the time it'll work because most of the time these people's questions there's some fundamental human underlying need. And most of the time, you'll be able to ferret it out. Yeah. Um, I'm going to tell you one more question, and Don Ellis has had his hand up for a bit. When you're talking about this in San Diego, you can refresh your memory, and you can 
say is the question, and if uh, someone asks me that question, I say, are you asking me if I want to see a lot of prostitutes running around and all of our children using drugs? Yep. That's, that's not exactly right. That's not the answer to put it, but it's a very useful thing to do sometimes. Yep. Well, kind of what we're doing here, too, and we got some discussion over here where when we did the pivot, uh, didn't answer the whole question, right? And, and the pivot is, is learning just part of answering the question. And in fact, in the next session, you'll see how it, the pivot really is the hook. When you get asked a hostile question, the hook in the four steps is the pivot. In order to stay on schedule, got to defer other questions. We're going to have a question and answer period that's going to go from 5 to 5.15 or beyond perhaps uh, this evening uh, after we uh, hand out the Jung test for those who want to take the, uh, the uh, typing test. That's right. And we'd like some comptometer operators too. If you can operate a uh, comp, we'll be adding up the tax receipts over here on the far uh, distance. So, got to end the questions now. Let's have a, a recap. The Ransberger pivot is where you state that you agree, you have certain values. They happen to be the values or the goal, the objectives that the other person has. And an easy way to remember that is to say, I want to live in a society where, not that that has to be the canned phrase to use, but it's an easy way to get into that. And you will find people nodding that you can literally convert that kind of look and attitude into, you know, I want to live in a society where people are safe from drugs like thalidomide. And who's going to shake his head? <laughs> who's going to shake his head? Everybody wants to live in a world that's safe from drugs like thalidomide. No problems like that. Okay, would you please now take out your comment form? In order to fit all of the program material on 16 cassette tapes so that it fits nicely in the album, we're combining two presentations on this tape. The first one that you've just heard is the Ramsberger Pivot, and the next is the final wrap-up session from Summit 87 in Los Angeles. And what you're going to hear is people being able to say what they got out of the session, and then the final wrap-up by the three instructors. So, enjoy. And uh, let's welcome Philip Mitchell for our final presentation. <laughs> Okay, folks, what you have is a wonderful opportunity to come up here and 30 seconds, Marshall is going to time from the back of the room, you have 30 seconds to say what you got good out of this workshop. So step right up here. Let's have... Uh, I got support. I really did. A lot of confidence in what we're going to do and I got direction. I now know my first priority is to get into Toastmasters and become the speaker I should be. Thanks. Terrific. Thank you, George. Come on up, Karen. Uh, somebody else, get ready while Karen is talking. Name the city. Name the city. Oh, name the city. Karen from Tacoma. All right. <laughs> I got the opportunity to practice getting in front of my peers. I also received tools that I will take back with me to Tacoma to review and to study and to work because I have to work at it to come up with the answers that I need to some tough questions out there. Very good. Thank you, Karen. Who's next up here already? Yep. Come on, Tim. Uh, some of the rest of you. Dave, get up here. Somebody else. This is my third Atkins Summit I'm attending. Yes. And I'd like to say that what I got... Hey, that's right. I want to say what I really benefited from having David Berglund participate. I've learned uh, one or two things from David, and I think 
you three guys are more or less going to be the three musketeers from here on out. Thank you. Thank you, Kim. Okay, Dave Dawson from Casper, Wyoming. That's right. And I got a lot of information and tremendous honor. I, I really thank all of you for making all this possible. I, I can't think of any organization in the whole world that, I, that I'd rather get an honor from than the Advocates for Self-Government and, and a lot of new friends, and I just really appreciate all of that. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you, Dave. And you're going to shame all the rest of us into doing more, right? That's one of the great motivators of all time. Okay, Tom Riley. From La Cunada. There you go. And this is my second summit meeting, and I did uh, appreciate especially the, the practice uh, chances that we had. The Ransberger pivot, the, uh, the, the, the hook, the, uh, the four-step method. It was especially valuable to get that practice. Thank you, Tom. Another one for practice. Here's Bruce McKay from Garden Grove, Garden California. Grove. I think what I learned most effectively out of this whole conference how to use my body mannerisms, bring my voice down and talk in a passionate oh. mood, and everything that's required to take this movement and take it out to the people so we can have victory in my lifetime. There you go, Bruce McKay. Oh, we need another one up here. Okay, here comes Bob. Bob is from Torrance, California. From Torrance. Bob, speak up. Fortunately, he's you have much a younger voice. than I am, so it might not happen in my lifetime. But you're going to work to do it in your lifetime. Uh, if given the opportunity. Uh, I have gotten quite a bit out of this conference, and the main things are that I have met other people who feel the way I do, which is always a very big internal lift to me, plus the fact I think that I have picked up a lot of tools so that I can be more effective in putting over some ideas without leaving people thinking that I'm a nut. And it would be very nice to by this time next year say, I brought in one a month. Even if they don't stay, I brought them in. You know, <laughs> I, 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 I love this very much. Thank you, Bob. Good. We have Steve from Santa Clara. Hello, well, um, I've done a lot out of this weekend. I need to uh, spend at least a weekend every few months with Marshall and his folks to uh, keep up with the latest technology and libertarian <laughs> outreach. And. Uh, Every time it gets better. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. Right, David Nolan from uh, Georgia, Atlanta. From the Atlanta area at the moment, but maybe soon California. Who knows? Great. You're going to get smarter, huh? I hope so. Good. Um, this is my first summit conference, and uh, I've enjoyed it very much. The thing that I've enjoyed the most, I think, is seeing libertarians get so enthusiastic about learning new tools. I see a, you know, a, a great deal of optimism being generated here. And I think that we've been through a period in the last few years when a lot of people in the movement have been gotten kind of down and, you know, are we ever going to be able to get anything done, you know? <laughs> and uh, I think the advocates are doing a terrific job of giving people the confidence and therefore the enthusiasm to go out there and start making things happen in a big way. Fantastic. Thank you, Dave. Okay, here she is. I got a lot of homework. We've got to get your name on here. Oh. June Dennis, Woodside, California. There you go. I got a lot of homework. Uh, damn green that I am. All he did is give me ideas about things I got to go home and do. So uh, I'm going to try and go home and do them, and I'll probably be back to tell you how they work. Great. Thank you, June. And here's Dave from Fresno. Currently from Fresno. Um, this weekend, I had to obviously listen to all the speeches word for word, and uh, I learned a lot of communication skills, a lot of good tips. I got some good books and met a lot of new friends. Thank you, Dave. Okay, Russ from Seal Beach, California. I think Marshall's done a wonderful job bringing sales tools to a libertarian movement to sell the idea that is really needed. 
and I've been motivated to get involved in Toastmasters. Oh, great. Thank you, Russ. And here's Dave Graham. This is the end of side one. Please turn the tape over to continue with side two. You do not need to fast forward this tape to the end of this side. Okay, Russ from Seal Beach, California. I think Marshall's done a wonderful job bringing sales tools to a libertarian movement to sell the idea that is really needed, and I've been motivated to get involved in Toastmasters. Oh, great. Thank you, Russ. And here's Dave Graham. From Escondido. I've learned a, real, a lot. I've learned a lot about the theory of um, libertarianism. I've worked, learned that it can work, that we can win. And I've learned a lot on how to communicate with my friends and other people in libertarian theme. Thank you, Dave. There he is, Dave. Melanie, we got more Daves in this group here. <laughs> Daves and Davids, I'm getting lost. <laughs> Here's Dave. You're from this L.A. area yeah, somewhere. Yeah, West L.A. Uh, maybe I've learned to go by another name maybe here or something. I don't know. Um, I was uh, gradually more and more impressed with the 30-second format in that I tend to be long-winded. I hope I won't be too long-winded here. Uh, and the, the, the real strong notion that I don't have to answer the person's question, that's better if I leave them with a little bit of, of urging for the next and letting them come back. Um, also, I was, I was really given the image that I can put on the little seminar with four or five people, and, and I talked to John Adams a lot about, geez, John, why haven't I done that yet? You know, and, and he said, well, it just, I, I said, maybe you're a lot more organized than I am. He says, no, I wasn't organized. I just said, hey, I've been putting this off for so long. And one Tuesday morning, I said, hey, I'm going to do it. And so a guy called up who was an old friend. I said, let's do it Thursday. And he was on the road. And uh, it's given me the image that I, I think I'm actually going to do it. And it won't be, it won't even be hard. <laughs> It'll just get done. There you go. Thank you, Dave. Laura from Keep, Keyport, New Jersey. Well, I don't think I've learned quite as much about communication skills yet. I'm going to, but I'm a slow learner. Maybe I haven't learned it all yet. But I think I learned about understanding. I mean, that I actually need to understand people who don't think like I do. And also, I saw people reaching out and trying to understand how I thought, rather than just writing me off if they didn't see how I thought already. And I thought that that understanding was an important part of what I got out of it. Thank you, Laura. Nancy from Panorama City, California. Yeah. Uh, what I found most helpful is learning the Ramsberger pivot and the bite-sized methods because I have a tendency if someone asks me a question, I go, and I'm trying to grab things from all over the place and I get them totally confused. So that I think will be really helpful if I practice on that. And uh, also, um, I am interested in speaking to high schools and, and colleges. And I, I thought that information was really helpful. Thank you, Nancy. I, too, want to learn to be better at the Ramsberger pivot. <laughs> Uh, I'm from this area. This is the, the second summit that I've been to, and I'm still awaiting an opportunity to go through a seminar one. And I wonder if, any, if there's anyone in the group here who uh, would be willing to form with me uh, that group of four or five people and conduct the seminar one. I live in La Cunada, and uh, please contact me afterwards if you're interested in this. Hello, Jim. Okay, yeah, Tom, get together with him. Okay, Arthur. Art Raskin from Renton, Washington. This has been very well worth my time and very well worth my money. I really benefit from this since I'm the communication chair from our, our state party. I love the temperament type communication uh, education 
and I the best thing about this whole thing was the, the 30 second training especially the workshop learning by doing thing that that was great okay another one for the practice session and Dorothy from Monterey Park California Monterey Park California you three are a formidable trio I tell you, I, the interaction here in the last two and a half days is just very, very impressive. I just can't believe how you've gotten this whole libertarian, libertarian movement is just voter-friendly. It's okay. <laughs> voter-friendly. That way, Dorothy, the blue card speaks. <laughs> okay, John from Sultana. Yes, but I'd like to seeing the emphasis being moved from understanding deep philosophical ideas to getting those deep philosophical ideas across quickly to non-philosophical people. There you go, John. Okay. Oh, we got two coming up at the same time. Okay, Greg. I want to thank uh, you, Philip, and uh, Marshall and David for putting this on. Uh, for me, it, uh, it gives me some hope that uh, our movement uh, can move forward and, and that we can have a change in the future. Thank you, Greg. You were just moral support. That's right. Oh, okay, there you go. <laughs> okay. L Linda has one more to say here. You're from? Hawthorne, California. Yes, sir. And I just want to let everybody out there know who wants to get associated with the Toastmasters Club, if you give me your name and address, I will personally refer you to at least one in your local area. There you go. Linda's out recruiting for Toastmasters. Uh, wait a minute. David's got, one. David's got something. Here we go. David's got one. He's going to... Okay, David. Before he left, one of our friends, Eric Palmer, left his comment. He wrote it on the back, and he, he wrote it like this. He identified certain parts of it. At the beginning, he's got a little word that says, hook. It says, silence is the voice of complicity. Theme. You should become a voice of liberty by attending the communication workshop, the communicator workshop. Body. I learned techniques to communicate my ideas successfully every time in every everyday conversation and rapid fire response to the tough questions. Close. Get into the workshop. <laughs> there you go. Isn't that a close? Here's Marshall. What can you do when you go back home? Well, we can think of a couple of three items. So let's wrap this up. I get to discuss the first item. You think the libertarians around your home city, say on a 100, 200 mile radius, would enjoy this workshop, would you? Yeah. yeah. Maybe you're the person to be the ramrod to put it on. We need to find 40 attendees, charge them $99 each, let them buy their own meals, run it from a Friday evening through a Sunday, through a Saturday uh, late afternoon, and then in a town just a few miles, you know, 100, 200 miles away, We'll be doing a second one from Saturday evening through late Sunday afternoon. So we will take the essence, the highlights of the communicator workshop, the temperament, the operation bite size, the event participants, the Dale Carnegie, the mastering, the uh, bite size, the Southwest workshop. Those segments will be packaged for next spring, for March, April, and May. Berkeley's Princess Mitchell will go on the road. You can follow you two out of the three of us. We're trying to get ourselves to become relatively interchangeable parts. I'll probably have to be at every one because these guys won't travel that much. But anyway, if you think that sounds like fun, if you like a little interesting new hobby for the next six months between now and say next March, April, or May, to put on an event like this in Kansas City and uh, Concord and uh, Rosemead and Coma, wherever your town is, uh, please talk to me afterwards or contact me later on. 
that's one item you can do, and maybe there's one or two or three people here that will be sponsoring one of these and be the uh, MC if you want to, or I'll do the MC work, whatever. But uh, that's one thing that you can do when you get back home. David, you have any ideas? Yes, we do. Now, number one. You've all heard about what that is. Some of you have conducted them successfully. This is the kind of thing that I know appeals to me. I always thought of myself as kind of a teacher, and I like the exchange of ideas. I like to see people, the lights coming on. And I have the experience, uh, certainly from my time as a law school professor, of using the Socratic method. And that really works. You can really see the excitement when people, instead of sitting there listening to you participate, when you see them begin to struggle with themselves, and all you're doing to help them is ask them, help them to formulate the right question to move them along. That's great. Nice, close setting. Only a few of you changing these ideas, meeting once a week, and then having that great turnout at the end. Well, they sit there, and they can write intelligent, well-formulated definitions of libertarianism, and then say, sure, I believe that, and sign your name to it. That's a, that's a great experience, I think. You may not want to be involved in, great, big, in the bigger picture, the bigger production of putting on a whole weekend. But here's something you can do the way you want to do it, and it's going to have a marvelous effect. So if that's what appeals to you, and I know it's the kind of thing that appeals to me, then now I have an opportunity to make it work with all the support that you need from this organization to be able to put it together and make it work for you there's a place for each of us whether it's the grand scheme of promoting a workshop like this doing a seminar speaking to one individual speaking to two whatever it is there's all kinds of place for us and it's important one of the things we've emphasized here is tailoring your approach to the audience. I want to say you also want to tailor what you do to fit who you are, what you're comfortable with. You may not feel comfortable talking to certain kinds of groups or doing certain kinds of activities, but somewhere there's something that's perfect for you. And from that start, you may want to stretch a little bit and do something new. You may do something like join Toastmasters, and that will help you get into just the habit of doing. The other thing is, you've had models, not only Marshall and Philip and David, but the other people standing up here doing tough questions, working out bite-sized messages. But the most important person for you to model yourself after is yourself. And I'm going to tell you a little story. A friend of mine was going to teach ski instructors how to be more effective as ski instructors. He went to Sun Valley, Idaho. The ski instructors, he got them together and he says, okay, this is how we're going to do it. Let's go out to the slope. They go out to the slope. He says, get in the chairs, go to the top, and ski down. And when you get to the bottom, ski up to me. And they come skiing up to him and stop right in front. And he would say, what went right? this time down the slope. I want you just to think about what worked. They pause a little bit. 
He'd say, okay, now go up this uh, slope again, or up the, the left, and come down, and every time you do something right, you plant the pole right, you shift your weight just right, I want you to think, I did that right. And they swished down, came in, reported to him again, went up, and after the third time, he gathered them all together. And every one of those expert ski instructors said they had never skied down the slope as well as they did that one last time, that third time they came down the slope. So what I want you to do is I want you to think about today, you know, the workshop this weekend. I want you to go back in your mind something that you did right and say, yeah, I remember that, and drag that out of your uh, deep uh, recesses of your memory, move that right up in top of your mind. Some other experience, a quality, something like courage that you may feel you need. Yeah, I remember when I was courageous, and you bring that up. And you, you, you go back into your files and you bring up successes from the past, and then as you do things, you give a little speech or you're just talking to the neighbor, and afterwards, you go away and you say, what did I do right? That's the thing that will most change you because the way we learn is to repeat what's and do what's in our mind. And if you've boo-booed and you say, oh, damn, I did it wrong again, you have just imprinted that thing in your mind and brought it to the front. So what you want to do is, yes, we all boo-boo, and you just say, yes, I boo-booed. You put that aside and you vividly remember and call to your mind what you did right. Even if it was way in the past, or if it was just the last second, I paid more attention. I really looked at the person I was talking to, and I could tell I was too close, or something like that, probably my bad breath, but who cares? I stepped back. I was aware, and I did something with that knowledge. So with that, I want to challenge all of you to take what you have gotten out of this workshop, what you've gotten out of the entire lifetime up to now, pick out those things that are most helpful, build on those, and go out there and do it. Marshall! I gotta get a I gotta get a mic for Marshall. The microphone is not dead. <laughs> the tape recorder that it's going into is dead. Oh. So I was using the microphone as a metaphor for the tape recorder. But if I'm close to <laughs> But if I'm close to this one, we're still getting it on the backup tape down south here. We wanna thank you very much. Everyone that was here, all what, 45, 50, sometimes 60 and 70 people. And especially you, the Endurance Caucus that is held in here. The hard club. The hard <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's 5 o'clock straight up my time. I know Alex's watch is still off. It's probably 5.04. His... So look at him, look at him. He's laughing. 5.05. <laughs> 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 watch. Alex's watch is gaining time, but uh, uh, I feel pretty good that the little things like starting on time and finishing on time were done. The hotel has been splendid to us. You have been a splendid audience. 
And I want to show a little of our appreciation for you. The best audience we've ever had. It really is. Yeah. Right, we're going to get one. And we've never said that before. We have never said that before. I always wondered, you know. They say that every, you know. But we have never said that before. Well, you say it now every time, I suppose. I don't think so. Oh, okay. Anyway, we have a little present for you. Oh, oh. That's about the size of it. Oh. <laughs> Please take a cassette tape, courtesy of the advocates. This is the one I spoke of last night. Most important speech I've ever heard in the libertarian movement. Most important speech I've ever heard in the libertarian movement, and that is Communicating with Liberals by Peter Bregan. If you already have one of these, and by the way, the cartridges are over, uh, the, uh, what do they call them, little cabinets that they put these things in? Cases are over there, we can give you a case. But if you already have one of these, then you're invited to take another one to give to a friend, or to pick out any other um, advocate's cassette tape. If it says, you know, the blue like advocates for self-government, you're allowed to pick out any other tape out there. My son, Gene, will make sure that you get one that uh, you like. So we'd like to give you one of these. And then a final housekeeping announcement. I just heard that George Smith is speaking on the separation of school and state in the room right next door. They've held that for a couple of minutes to allow you. That is the post-endurance caucus. And if you, are in, if you have got any energy left, you are in for an incredible treat to listen to George Smith on this subject. Thank you for listening to our presentation. If you would like a catalog of training tools and materials to help you gain confidence as a communicator of the freedom philosophy, please write or call. You can reach the advocates toll-free at 800-932-1776, or in California, please call 209-292-1776. Or you may write to us at 5533 East Swift, Fresno, California, 93727. All contributions to the advocates are tax-deductible. This recording was made by Jim Turney of Liberty Audio, Richmond, Virginia, and David Robison of the Advocates, Fresno. This is Marshall Fritz, and I'd like to end this tape with a quotation from Bernard Baruch. The ability to express an idea is well nigh as important as the idea itself. Thank you. <laughs>